Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. That's right, across the world on the internet and around the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Good morning, it is The Michael Dukes Show. Oh, happy Turkey Week. It is Thanksgiving, and of course, nothing better. Well, the only thing better than the turkey uh, the turkey and the Thanksgiving dinner, of course, is the fact that it's a three-day work week for most of us, and we uh, appreciate that. A little bit of a break coming into this. Today, we are jumping in right away with both feet. I mean, like right into it. This morning, we are joined uh, by a candidate for U.S. Senate, Kelly Chewbacca. She joins us this morning to talk about uh, the election and uh, candidacy and what goes on from here. And she joins us right now, in fact. Good morning. You you look all you look all glowy this morning and stuff. You feel look like you're feeling good. How are you doing today? Good. Good morning, Michael. It's so great to be with you. Thank you for having me as always. Well, I appreciate it. It's uh, it's uh, you know this is a this this this, this twenty three days of suspense. I mean, you know, just waiting for something to happen. Uh, it's just it's amazing. But uh, we wanted to get uh, we just wanted to get a chance to catch up with you before uh, before the day uh, of uh, of decision, so to speak, which is supposed to be, I guess, late tomorrow, early Wednesday. And so we're gonna get a, just a chance to a ta- uh, excuse me a chance to chat with you and kind of just get your feelings on everything that's happened since election day itself and. Uh, and, uh, you know, kind of where we go from here. So um, how's it been going? I mean, again, the rest of us are all on pins and needles. I can't imagine what it must be like for you. Well, the results have taken a lot of twists and turns since November 8th, and I think that they might still from here. There were some times on election night when I was up six points, and then there have been times since then when I've been up two points and then 500 votes, and now it looks like She's ahead 0.7%. And we don't know what's going to happen from here. So they're still waiting for some absentee ballots to come in. I think someone said under statute, they have to wait until tomorrow. And then I think that I read online, they're going to run the ranked choice algorithm live on the news four o'clock Wednesday, the night before Thanksgiving. (laughs) And that's when they'll do the second place and third place votes for the third and fourth place candidates. And everything will be run by computer simulation through those Dominion machines. And then they'll see who has the most votes, me or Murkowski. And between now and then, who knows what will happen. But this is what it's really going to come down to. It's going to come down to those those voters that voted for Buzz Kelly and Pat Chesbro first, what they did with their ballots on their second and third place votes. Right. And so it'll depend on how many people, for example, for those people who are watching and are like, we really wanted Chewbacca to win. We don't know what happens from here. It'll depend on how many of Buzz Kelly's voters ranked me second. And then it will also depend on Pat Chesbro's voters, how many of them bullet voted, meaning how many of them just said Pat Chesbro first and then, you know, said we're good and we don't want to rank anyone else. A lot of the polls had said 
that Pat Chesro is going to get a lot more first place votes, but it's pretty clear that Lisa Murkowski picked up a lot of Democrats on round one where she wouldn't be doing this well so quickly. Right. Pat Chesbro has only 10% of the vote. And for the uh, endorsed Democrat, that's really, really low, even by Alaska standards. Remember, we had Al Gross get over 40% of the vote in 2020. And so Lisa Murkowski is the putative Democrat in the race, which means that those Democrats that did vote for Pat Chesbro, those are the people who chose not to put Lisa Murkowski first, but to go with the endorsed Democrat. And so there's a chance that those are the people who really don't like Lisa Murkowski and then decided they don't like her enough that they're not going to rank her second. And if that's the case, that is our opportunity to potentially pull ahead and those votes just drop out of the voter pool. We don't know what's going to happen. And so we'll see on on Wednesday night, I think, what the actual final result is. Right. Well, and that's, of course, <clears throat> always the uh, that's always the challenge here and has been since the beginning. I mean, this a lot of this reminds me of the 2010 campaign that Murkowski ran against uh, Joe Miller, uh, where they had an endorsed Democratic candidate and they just basically his own party threw him under the bus and everybody was racing to endorse Murkowski. And it looks like that has come right out of the gate, as you said. I mean, Al Gross got 40 percent of the uh, got 40 percent of the vote to begin with. So it looks like a lot of them may have thrown their hat in the Murkowski ring to begin with. Now, this but, you know, we all have to admit this is an uphill battle. We know that this is a this is the long pull to the finish and that, uh, you know, statistically, it's going to be very, very dicey right up until the end. Um, and we're all pulling for a Christmas miracle. I mean, come on, let's 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 hope that that's what's going to be going on. Uh, but the question is uh, that I have for you is if this doesn't pan out. What is Kelly Shibaka? I mean, she's not going to fade into non-existence, right? I mean, this is uh, this is a fight that uh, you've taken up now, and I just don't see you putting down the sword, so to speak. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. We know that we by far had more donations, thousands of Alaskans supporting this cause. I don't think this was a campaign. I think this is a movement. This was for Alaska. This wasn't about Kelly Chewbacca. This isn't about a campaign for U.S. Senate. This is about our Alaska voices being heard and us trying to save our state. We understand what's happening. We understand why we're doing this, that we love our state. We love our country. We love Alaskans. We want to see this state prosper. We want to see our state grow into a better future. And that's what we are fighting for. And I'll also say this particular fight isn't over and I still need help. So if there are people listening that are saying, hey, we understand, like you said, Michael, we're pulling for a Christmas miracle. There are a couple of things that are still happening where we need help. So please donate at kellyforak.com. One thing is we still have our entire team in doing ballot observation and it's been happening since November 8th. So there is still a very active campaign operation happening you wouldn't believe how much work it is to be going through all these ballots by hand and having to examine them. And then because these numbers are so close and so tight, we don't know what's going to happen next as far as people asking for lawsuits or recounts. And just like you mentioned the 2010 election, I don't know what's right around the corner and what challenges could come for this, but we need to be prepared and we need to be financially prepared for whatever fight might come this week. And so we we need those resources to be ready to go. And so please help us at kellyforak.com. We want to make sure that we're in this fight and that we're ready to go and we're ready prepared 
for anything that might happen so that we can take this fight all the way to the end. But to your original question, Michael, I don't intend to go anywhere. I've had several people ask about that. What's happening next? I don't know what's happening next. I don't have any, you know, this is the next plan exactly. But once I do know, I'm happy to come back on the Duke show and say, hey, this is what we're doing next with this. But right now, my I have my eye set on this right. and finishing up this week well and doing everything we can to win this particular campaign. Eye on the prize. Eye on the prize. That's what we need to be doing right now. Um, it, uh, you know, I... I'd like. I don't think you and I really have talked much. We've talked a couple times, but I don't think we've talked too much about uh, um, the the election itself. You did mention it before. Some of the falsehoods that we heard, this continuous negative campaigning that was coming from outside interests. You know, Mitch McConnell, et cetera, et cetera. Um, give me your thoughts now, in hindsight, looking back pre-election and now post-election. Uh, uh, what do you think, you know, what do you think uh, were the results of that? I mean, what were your thoughts as it was coming through? And then, you know, what was the average Alaskan saying to you about that? I mean, did it raise a lot of questions? Did it raise a lot of ire? Was it a pro or a con for you in the, uh, I guess, in the long run? So I had the best time doing this campaign, greatest honor of my life, getting to meet so many Alaskans and be welcomed with open arms and invited into their homes, knocking on thousands of doors across the state, getting to talk with people. And as we went around and heard about these negative and false ads that were just being funded by millions and millions of dark money from outside the state, especially the ones from Mitch McConnell, mostly, you know, in the beginning, people had some questions about it, but then they really were tired of it. And we don't really like those smear ad campaigns from the lower 48. They don't resonate with our Alaska values. They didn't particularly bother me because I knew that they were all lies and false. I knew that we couldn't really counter them because the inordinate amount of money that was coming in to fund them, we couldn't go toe to toe. And so I didn't particularly worry about it because I know that Alaskans can see through it. We were focusing on a campaign that's of the people, by the people, for the people, really giving a voice to our Alaska voices that's a campaign that really empowers Alaskans instead of having a senator who works for the D.C. establishment that works for Joe Biden and was polling for Nancy Pelosi and owes millions of favors to Mitch McConnell. What we're seeing in some of these numbers is it's really hard to go up against $20 million that's almost exclusively dark money and a campaign that was of Mitch McConnell and by dark money for Lisa Murkowski. That was the campaign from the other side, and it seems like it's starting to edge out in the numbers. And no matter how much um, you do the the I think I can, I think I can grassroots extra tough boots um, campaign, it doesn't really matter um, if you've got that $20 million in dark money flooding the state. But Murkowski foreshadowed this in her launch video, Michael. She said uh, in this election, Lower 48 dark money is going to flood our state and try and buy our Senate seat. And they don't care about you and they don't care about your future. Those were her words and her launch video. And she right. was absolutely right that that's exactly what happened. And she worked with Mitch McConnell to buy her Senate seat back. And I'm hoping and praying like the rest of us that it didn't work. But we saw that when those late absentee ballots came in, you know, mostly probably people from out of state, um, it 
it looks like it could possibly work. One more time, you know, Murkowski has always completely defied the will and the voice of the Alaskan people. This has been her habit throughout all her elections from her dad appointing her to her Senate seat in the beginning to ignoring the primary process in 2010 when the people said, we don't want you to be our Senator. And she didn't run as an independent when she did her write-in campaign. She she said she was a Republican and she wasn't. And then even this time, through a supermajority vote of the Republican Party censuring her and removing her from membership, she instead had her campaign team and her allies put this ranked choice system in place and she ran as a Republican anyway. She's not a Republican. She's not even allowed to be in the Republican Party in Alaska. And she set this whole system up and rigged it in her favor so she could put her name on the ballot as a Republican. She's not allowed to be on the ballot as a Republican. And if it was just a normal election process, she would have lost the primary and it would be a competition between me and Pat Chesbro. But Lisa Murkowski doesn't care about the voices and the will and the determination of Alaskan people. She just works for the DC establishment and she will rig any system in Alaska she can in her favor and fund it with the dark money from DC in order to maintain her iron grip on the Senate seat her dad gave her. That's what this particular election is telling us. And and I think you summated it very nicely. That is pretty much uh, what I think a lot of us who have been kind of analyzing this for years have seen. Um, and it uh, it leads us to some questions. I mean, it leads us to some questions as, uh, as constituents, uh, you know, and as Alaskans. Where do we go from here? I mean, if this, if this fails, if your run for Senate fails, um, that just, again, once again, proves that, uh, you know, the powers behind the scene, the powers behind the curtain, the Mitch McConnell's of the world, et cetera, et cetera, have chosen to basically, you know, relegate Alaska to puppet status at this point. And that's a, you know, that's kind of a spooky thing for a state that is supposed to be, you know, what I would consider to always be like one of the most independent minded group of people in the country. It's kind of demoralizing in a lot of ways. Well, the other question I think we have to ask is why did we have such low voter turnout? So we had some of the lowest voter turnout that we've had in decades, and the low voter turnout was particularly felt in the base that would have voted Murkowski out. And so we can't just point the finger at Mitch McConnell or Washington, D.C. or the lower 48. We also have to take some personal ownership because we did have the option and we did have a candidate and we did have a mobilized campaign, but we chose not to show up and vote. And so when that's the case, we have to ask, why didn't we? And I don't have a good answer for that. So that's on us as Alaskans. That's, that's the new analysis. Yeah. That's a, why exactly. did we not show up? And yeah, it was interesting because uh, the voter turnout was 44%. Uh, back in 2018, we had 49.84%, and that was the lowest turnout in Alaska history since the records have been kept. So we were another almost 10% down in voter turnout 
from the lowest uh, turnout in history back in 2018. So the question is, why? Why does that happen? And I want And for my particular race, it was even lower than that. We had a couple thousand people skip the Senate race yeah. and just mark the governor race. Yeah. And that that's, that's even more depressing in a lot of ways. But I want to talk about it and we will continue that. Kelly Shibaka is our guest. She's going to be with us here till about 40 minutes after, uh, so we don't have a whole lot of time. But we will continue with her in just a moment. It is The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll be back with more and Kelly Shibaka right after this. Don't go anywhere. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, we're in the break right now. Kelly Shabaka is our guest. Uh, if you guys have a question for Kelly, feel free to uh, ask it in the chat room. We'll see if we can pass them on to her here during the uh, uh, during the uh, during the uh, commercial break. Um, I definitely want to get into the discussion, Kelly, about you know, the voter turnout and everything else. But uh, spoiler alert, I think that it has everything to do with the polarization of the electorate and the constant back and forth. I mean, just the the constant, uh, uh, you know, fighting where there's really no way to come together in the middle and kumbaya on anything. It just seems like, you know, if you disagree with me, you're the enemy and you should be destroyed. No it just seems like we've lost the ability to have that kind of common ground and, you know, the logic, rhetoric and reason of being able to have a, 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 an equitable debate where we can agree to disagree kind of thing. That could be part of it. I when I was out door knocking, I think what I was hearing the most is a lot of confusion over ranked choice voting and people not feeling confident about how to do ranked choice voting or believing that their vote would count. And I wonder if a lot of people stayed home because they just didn't understand the system. And there was a um, maybe unintentional collateral effect of the system was to disenfranchise voters by making them feel like their vote didn't count or the confusion of it made them uh, just kind of opt out of the whole thing because they didn't understand how it worked. Um, somebody asked the question, and I think this is a legitimate question. Uh, Chris on Twitch says, does Kelly have anything to say about the Trump endorsement? They've made a lot of hay across the country about how many of the endorsed candidates didn't, uh, didn't do well. Uh, and some did, some didn't, but overall, you know, they, they seem to point to the fact that maybe that hurt people more than help them. Um, and, uh, so what are your, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, do, do you think the endorsement was a positive or a negative or, uh, you know, was it a non-issue to you? What, what are your thoughts on that? I was grateful for Trump's endorsement for several reasons. First, I started with essentially no name recognition in a state with several candidates that would have had incredibly high name recognition. And so having only an 18 month lead going up against a candidate that has 50 years of name recognition in our state, having Trump's endorsement really helped. When we walked into the rally this past summer, my name recognition statewide was somewhere around 35 or 40%. After the rally, it was near universal. 
And I needed that help in order to be able to get to this place where I'm now neck and neck with a candidate or as an incumbent that has 50 year name recognition and has been in the office 21 years. Right. Well, you've got to remember, like, it's actually a really big deal that we're sitting here saying this is a nail biter and this could go either way. Um, when last March I started with no name recognition. So I'm really excited about that. The other thing that it really helped with is in a ranked choice system with an open primary, one of the things I had to spend over a year doing was making sure we cleared the field of any major high name recognition Republican so that we didn't do in my race what happened in our congressional race. If we had any other big name person, like let's say, for example, Sean Parnell, jump into our race, um, we would end up splitting the ticket and Murkowski wouldn't be in a situation where it would even be this close. She right. would have just sailed to a victory really easily. Right. And the main way to do that is for me to have sealed early, which was last summer. It was last June, I think, uh, Trump's endorsement. And so it just absolutely cleared the field to, for anybody else to be able to jump in and say, I'm going to challenge for that seat as well. Yeah, Those are the two big things. Yeah. And that was why it was so critical. That's a legitimate uh, point that I hadn't considered. And you're right. We're seeing exactly in the congressional race what happens when we all circle the wagons and shoot inward, right? I mean, that's and that's yep. that is typically a Republican response. Um, I think it's ironic that they you you see the general election was treated more like a primary amongst the Republican contenders than an actual general where they just basically shot each other to pieces instead of their opponent. Um, and it's it's frustrating to watch. All right, well, we're about to jump back into it um, and uh, and continue with Kelly Shibaka. Uh, folks, make sure you like and share this show. Like and follow the show page. We're going to kick things off. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like a chair, like a chair, like a chair. Do all that stuff. Here we, here we go. All right, we're continuing now with Kelly Shibaka, candidate for U.S. Senate on the Republican ticket. And we were just talking uh, before we went to break about the uh, about the size of the turnout. It was the lowest turnout for a general election, major general election in Alaska history. By the previous one was 2018, like I said, and it was five points lower, uh, which is about almost is a 10 percent drop in uh, since the other lowest turnout. And we're asking the question, why? Um, is it voter fatigue? Is it the fact, as I've said many times, that it's the polarization of the electorate where they just are so frustrated? Uh, Kelly thinks maybe it might be part of the ranked choice voting thing, Kelly. So, I mean, what, what, what again, your thoughts on this? Yeah, so having talked to thousands of people across the state, there definitely was concern. I mean, everybody says the state's going in the wrong direction, country's going in the wrong direction. We had a lot of voter um, enthusiasm. Our base was definitely motivated and supported, having stood out at the Alaska State Fair nearly every day. I think I was outside nearly every day since Bear Paw this past summer, um, talking to thousands of voters. There's definitely concern about the state. There's not a lot of voter apathy out there. But I'll tell you, in these last couple weeks, so maybe six weeks before November 8th, um, doing town halls and rallies across the state, I hit 23 communities in a two-week period doing voter rallies 
get out the vote rallies. Michael, I'll tell you, I spent a lot of my time and in some of these rallies, half the time explaining the ranked choice system. And when I look back and I see what happened with voter turnout, I think that a large part of it probably came down to that. I'm talking with people afterwards, some of our contacts in different regions of the state who were saying that even on election day, they were fielding dozens of phone calls talking to people about how to do the bubble system, how to do the ranking system, and and people just not understanding and being really confused. And if you're not making those phone calls and you're looking at an absentee ballot and you, you just don't understand how to do the multiple choice system, then the whole thing's confusing to you. Um, there's just other things people have to do that day. It's just a really simple um, opt-out option, I think. So voting is challenging anyway. If you know when when that day comes, I think this is why they offer early voting things come up and they get in the way and the unexpected happens. And then when you go in and it's more difficult than it needs to be, or you don't understand, or you've been hearing about it and it just makes it difficult and it becomes more of a nuisance than it needs to be. And does your vote matter anyway? And right. a lot of people kind of justify it that way. My vote doesn't count anyway. And they just kind of move on. Well, and I I agree. I think uh, Jerrica in the chat room says that she knows a significant number of her generation that are millennials that believe, just believe that their vote just doesn't count. And I we've seen some yep. of those numbers come back where people are saying that that's what they believe. They believe that their vote doesn't count or they're fatigued or in our case that they didn't understand. Now, unfortunately, as you've seen what's happened in the legislature, uh, the votes and the uh, and the elections in the legislature, it doesn't look like there's going to be a whole lot of interest in our state legislature in repealing ranked choice voting. And uh, because a lot yeah. of them were elected because of ranked choice voting. So this lays down a whole nother problem for any upcoming election in the state. Your thoughts? Well, that's absolutely right. I don't think we're going to get ranked choice repealed through the legislature. I think this is the first time in anyone's immediate memory that both uh, chambers of Juno are going to be Democrat, are going to caucus Democrat. And that means that we won't, I don't think that we're going to get a bill through that'll repeal ranked choice. So it'll have to be through a citizen's initiative, which means the earliest that we could possibly repeal it will be in two years. And we, of course, will face an entire flood of of dark money to push it on us. Um, there's a group out there that's been pushing ranked choice since the 90s. I mean, this has been a full on effort. And the only place they've got it through statewide is both Maine and Alaska. And what do those two U.S. senators have in common? Think about that. <laughs> and. So this is definitely a concerted effort uh, nationally to push a certain agenda, and it's all funded by dark money. We even see the ads out there now uh, telling us how good ranked choice was, funded by dark money, trying to persuade us subconsciously that we want to keep a system that absolutely ignored our voices. And you got to remember in this ranked choice system, I was thinking about this this morning coming on to talk with you. In this ranked choice system with this open primary where we as parties don't get to vet the candidates that we're putting forward to voters who don't have time to vet candidates, we literally had an actress from California move up here and pretend to be an Alaskan and pretend to be a legitimate U.S. Senate candidate and run in our primary, deceiving all of us so that she could become our U.S. Senator. And that also could have worked. She also was funded by dark money outside of the state. That's how crazy our system is becoming, Michael. 
And imagine if that would have worked and we right. all would have been deceived, like we're being deceived by other dark money play and would have elected an actress from California who we all thought momentarily was an actual Alaskan. Right. And she ran under a fake name and elected her to be our U.S. senator. Um, that's how this is this is actually playing out. And that's all being pushed by these lower 48 agenda interests coming up here to tell us that this new system that's run by the people without parties vetting candidates and telling you, no, this is a legitimate candidate that we can trust who's been tested and actually represents certain platforms and values. And we've gone into their background and we can put this person forward. Um, it's actually really important that that's that represented. I think another thing that we've lost is these minor parties to be represented. We didn't have a libertarian candidate put forward for Senate or an Alaska independent party put forward for Senate or a green party put forward for Senate. Those are the kind of parties that are now getting lost in the shuffle because they're not going to get enough votes in the open party primary system to make it to the top four. And that's another thing that our last the voices aren't being represented anymore. And those parties took a lawsuit forward and the court said too bad, too sad. But that's the other thing that's getting lost in the shuffle here. Our Alaska voices are no longer being represented and these dark money interests outside the lower 48 are telling us that that's a good thing. These are yeah. not good things. I think it's important that we recognize what we're losing. And I think it's important that we recognize um, to your point that Juno isn't going to, it's not in their interest having been elected this way to say, hey, wait a minute. Uh, it's actually in the interest of the people that we go back to a simple plurality system. Whoever gets the most votes wins. And we have a right to assemble under the First Amendment to get into a party system and say, these are the people we want to put forward as candidates. Right. That's important for us. Um, I want to quickly change gears here. We've got about four and a half minutes. Uh, the makeup of the Senate now, uh, the makeup of the of the Congress now. And where we go from here, I mean, where do you see this as, I mean, you know, let's say that Kelly Shabaka is going to become the new senator. Um, there's been a, there's been a change of the field, right? Uh, it's closer. It's not the, it wasn't the red wave we'd hoped for. It was more like the pink tinkle. So, I mean, but where, where do we, where do we end up now? What do you see as being the big challenges in the coming, uh, in the coming uh, Congress uh, for, uh, for, uh, with the new makeup and everything? We still don't know how Congress is going to organize because we don't know what's going to happen in Georgia. However, the point is, it doesn't look like much progress was made and it's going to be, a, it, we don't have anything close to well over 50. And so many of those people who are Republicans are going to frequently go over and help out the Democrats like they usually do. In the event that I get to become Alaska's next U.S. Senator, one of the primary focuses really just has to continue to be to um, block as much of the damage that the Biden administration has been doing to Alaska as possible in these next two years, because we're not even halfway through the Biden administration. So this, this extreme agenda that Biden has been pushing to stop all fossil fuel production and just turn on immediately a, a future of renewable energy, we need to move into renewable energy, but it can't be either or. We have to have responsible traditional resource development in order to bridge us into renewable resources. And that means we need to do production in Alaska and we need to have our Alaska jobs and our Alaska economy up and running, for example. 
and making that case with the people who work in the federal agencies that aren't necessarily Biden appointees. Um, there's a way to do that using the internal affairs offices that I came from and holding those these top level bureaucrats to their own standard operating procedures and their own statutes and their own guidelines that they're blowing through right now. They're violating laws and regulations, Michael, and nobody's holding them accountable. Those are the kind of things I can bring to the table. None of the other hundred senators right now have any experience working their way through the bureaucracy from the top to the bottom, in and out as a watchdog. That's my background. And that's one of the things I could do as a U.S. Senator that would really help Alaska. But that's what we could do. We don't need to get a veto from Biden. We don't need to work through Congress to do it. But all of those watchdogs report to the U.S. Senate. And I would love to be their boss and help Alaska in that and be able to start checking Biden and his administration in that role. Um, there's a lot of things that I would love to help out as uh, not if we don't make it to the Senate start bringing some spotlight and some um, credibility to Alaska. We're not going to stop just because I'm not a U.S. Senator. We're going to continue to serve as a voice for Alaskans and keep moving forward, even if this doesn't work out. So I'll come back on and share those ideas. If we get to Wednesday and this doesn't work out as a U.S. Senator role, we'll come back and talk about the way forward from here. Like I said before, I know that you uh, you were you're a fighter. Once you've engaged in the fight, you're not going to disengage, and I love to That's see right. that. Um, and I think it's interesting that that one point that you bring up, as you know, as the Inspector General's office and all these behind the scenes accountability uh, uh, committees and and uh, offices, which are being blatantly ignored now, and the average the average Alaskan, okay. the average American doesn't know about them. And so we're going to have to find somebody where citizens can come together and say, "Wait, you're you're breaking the law." And that can't continue. And we need more education on that. And so I'm hoping that you will help us with that, regardless of where you end up. You'll continue to help us with that uh, part as well. Uh, final thoughts here, Kelly Shabaka. Of, again, folks need to help out. You're still trying to raise funds for whatever may come. Um, and yes. so your final thoughts here, I'll, I'll give you the floor here for the last minute. That's exactly right, Michael. We're still in the fight. So please help kellyforak.com. For our current ballot counting, we want to make sure every legal vote is counted and counted right. And we need the staff in there doing that. And then for whatever battles coming next in the event that there's a lawsuit or a recount coming, we really need your help. kellyforak.com. Please help us to be ready. Please be in the fight for us. Kelly for AK.com. And I appreciate your help. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Kelly Shabaka, for coming on board, folks. That brings us to the uh, to the break here. We're going to be back in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Back with more and your phone calls right after this. Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend. Okay, in the break, uh, Kelly, any final thoughts before I cut you off here? I know you got to go. I really appreciate you having me today, and we'll see what happens on Wednesday, but I'd love to come back. If we're not elected to the Senate, I'd love to come back and tell you what next plans are. If we are elected to the Senate, I'll definitely be back to keep you posted on what's happening in the Senate and what I'm doing to help Alaska from there. So I said to you months ago that I would keep that promise, and I absolutely will. Well, I appreciate that. We'll look forward to talking with you uh, maybe same day next week, uh, if we can, just to know by that time we'll have the holiday behind us and we'll have a better idea where things are going. 
We'll touch base with you. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you. Kelly Shabaka, our guest here on The Michael Duke Show. Uh, we appreciate her being part of the show today. All right, uh, folks. Um, wow, that was a kickoff, wasn't it? Just boom, getting things started, and boom, here we go. All right. Uh, let me let me see what uh, you guys have been saying here uh, in the chat room. I caught a couple of the comments, obviously. But uh, there's a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of stuff going on here. Um, uh, Jerrica continued to say, um, uh, this is Jerrica, uh, who made the comment about the millennials. I honestly believe a huge part of the issue is that people just don't have the time or mental capacity to become educated. I think it's because they're not taking the time, but, you know. There is a reason that mental health was taking a sharp decline in the last decade. People are so consumed with working to survive and provide for their families and balance that with actually spending time with their families. Then on top of that, all the misinformation and propaganda to sift through just to be properly educated. It's no surprise that we are. And then she ran out of words there, so I can't see the rest of it. But I understand exactly what you're. I mean, I would agree. I mean, this the last 10 years of uh, the last the last 10 years of uh, this kind of madness is, uh, it, it really has been uh, exhausting uh, for folks who are, uh, you know, not part of the scene, but even for people who are, like myself, it is exhausting. It, it is exhausting. Uh, I have definitely reached that time uh, of my, uh, of the, of the, of the calendar where I'm ready for my, uh, my winter break, you know, uh, definitely fun. Um, all right. Uh, what, what else is going on? The on-air radio auction was certainly a mess on Saturday. Well, I mean, there was some technical challenges, but it still performed excellently in the long run. So, uh, I hope you got everything you needed there, um, uh, Jim, because there was a lot of good stuff there. A lot of good stuff. And in fact, there's still a lot of good stuff up at alaskaradioauction.com right now. Um, you could still go over there and, and pick up, uh, a lot of the things that are still left over from the auction on Saturday. There's a good chance to, uh, to do your Christmas shopping there, so to speak. Um, <clears throat> uh, try seven decades of watching our country go to hell. Demoralizing is putting it mildly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it has its ups and downs. That's for sure. It has its ups and downs. Uh, but this last this last 10 years or 12 years have been probably some of the worst, uh, in my, in my opinion. Uh, will she run against Sullivan, Sandy? I'm sorry. I didn't see that, that question till just now, because that would have been kind of a good, qu I don't think, I think she would have demurred. I don't think that she would have, uh, answered that question, uh, completely, but that is, um, that's a good one. That's a real good one. We'll be sure to ask her. If she doesn't win and we have her back next week, we'll be sure to ask that question for sure because uh, I think that's I think that's important right there. Um, all right, well, I suppose I should uh, turn the phone lines on and get the phones uh, get the phones working here, and uh, so we can be ready for uh, whatever you guys want to talk about here. And let me get uh, let me flick all the switches and turn all the buttons on. Let's see if we can not blow your eardrums out. Look at that. Boo-boo. In and out. I love it. I love it. Okay. We're ready to go. 
We've got the phone lines up, and we are all ready to do it. Available at seven. Yeah, that's right there. Okay, everything is good. Oh, how was your weekend? Mine was, mine was, uh, mine was long. Mine was a long, long weekend. Um, it was definitely, it was definitely interesting. And then Elon's upset the left's apple cart by reinstating the uh, by reinstating Trump on Twitter. Well, he did it in a democratic way. I mean, he did hold a poll, so I don't know why. You know, I know. It's, what what are you gonna do? Um, I would love to have Sullivan come on your show. I'm mad about his recent vote against traditional marriage. Uh, that's an interesting conundrum. Because inside that defensive marriage bill that he voted for, one of the reasons why somebody in his office said he voted for it was to protect the religious freedoms that were baked into that, that were to prevent. That's a whole discussion. It really is. We got to go here. Okay, um, are you ready? I am, uh, I'm still, I had a long, I had a long week, baby, a long week. I got my one day off yesterday and it wasn't enough, but that's okay. Short week this week, right? That makes it all better. It makes it all better. All right. So uh, we just finished up with Kelly Shibaka, and I had reached out as well to Nick Beggage, and Nick is going to be on the program uh, on Wednesday, uh, I believe. We're going to have uh, Nick Beggage on to discuss um, his, um, you know, his take on what's happening and where he goes from here. Because as I said to Kelly, I mean, I hope that these people, even if they don't, if they fail to make. Uh, if they fail to make it to their ultimate destination of the Senate or the Congress, that they won't stop fighting for Alaska. You know, it's uh, that's that's what I'm hoping right now, that they won't stop fighting for Alaska. And uh, so we're going to hopefully uh, we will have a conversation with Nick probably Wednesday uh, morning, as well as a. Uh, uh, discussion with Joe Geldhoff and Donna Ardwin. Um, we will have uh, Donna and Joe on to discuss that on early Wednesday morning, and then we'll probably be following that up with Nick Beggage um, as well. And of course, the holidays, right? The holidays, the the that we didn't do the recipe contest. I know somebody asked for us to do the recipe contest again. And we didn't do that, but, um, you know, I'm already looking forward to, um, I'm already looking forward to the, uh, the holiday eats my wife last night and my, by the way, thank you for those of you who were encouraging to me, my sense of smell and taste are coming back. 
which is, uh, I was so bummed because I was like, man, if I'm going to have to go through Thanksgiving without being able to actually taste the food, that's just going to be such a bummer. But uh, it's starting to come back. And so my wife was asking me last night uh, or yesterday afternoon, okay, what, what pies do you want? What, what do you want? What do you want for, you know, for the, for the side dishes? What do we want for the, so, I mean, there's nothing better than planning a Thanksgiving meal. Is there, I mean, nothing better. And I, I actually already got the Turkey. I got a smoking hot deal on a Turkey. I mean, I was, I was going to the store expecting to have to, uh, you know, sacrifice my firstborn and, and, uh, get an arm and a leg together kind of thing, you know, to, uh, to get a turkey because they were saying the prices were going to be outrageous. And I just happened to be walking through Walmart of all places where I never shop. And I just happened to be there and there was a, a butterball frozen turkey for a dollar a pound. And I was like, wow, I'll, I'll take that. Thank you. Uh, and it was even 23 pounds or something. I mean, it was crazy. So uh, so we've already got the turkey. We're already all squared away for that. It's gonna be, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Um, and I'm looking forward to that uh, kind of that time together as a, as a family. Um, although with everybody growing up and everybody getting jobs, and some people have to work on Thanksgiving, et cetera, et cetera. It's gonna be gonna be an interesting day. Interesting day for sure. All right. Well. Um, <clears throat> I don't even know what to talk about now. I was going to talk, I'm going to talk in the next hour a bit about the charter of changes and some of the, uh, um, and some of the potential uh, plans of attack that we can have for the upcoming uh, session and, uh, and things like that. But um, I don't necessarily even want to get it started right now, but I did open up the phone lines. I did open up the phone line. So for those of you who want to uh, sound off in this moment, if you want to, if you want to talk a little bit about uh, anything uh, that you have there, now's the time to do it. I will say thank you to our friends at Satellite West. You could find them over at SatelliteWest.com. Uh, and uh, they, are, they are wizards over there, wizards of connectivity. Whether you're on ADAC or Anaktuvik or Attigan or um, where, wherever you wherever it is, that begins with A in the state of Alaska, and you're trying to stay connected, well, there you go. Uh, Satellite West has got you covered, connecting you to the uh, Iridium Satellite Network uh, for texting, for uh, for phone calls, for messages, for uh, uh, internet, whatever it is, Satellite West has got you covered. Again, SatelliteWest.com, proud sponsors of this hour of the program. And, of course, the phone lines are open right now, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. If you would like to uh, sound off and uh, and be part of the show today and talk about it, I'm, I'm all about that. I am all about that, hearing what you guys have to say. And what are you cooking? What are you cooking for this week? Uh, I see Jeremy just said, I'm hickory smoking two five-pound chicken spatchcock style uh, on my offset smoker. Oh, that sounds tasty. That sounds really tasty. Um, uh, you know, just some smoked bird like that. Oof. Uh, I keep threatening one of these years to deep fry a turkey, and I know many of you have done that in the past. Um, and I've just never got around to it. But I, you know, I'm... 
I really, I've had some deep fried turkeys. I've just never done one myself. Um, but it, it sounds like it is a, an amazing, uh, it, it sounds like it's a lot of work and, uh, but it does have an amazing result. So, uh, uh I know some of you are going to be able to do that. Um, and then, uh, we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, Brian's offering to loan me his deep fryer to try it out. Yeah, I understand it is the fifth leading cause of garages burning down. So I've I've always been a little leery about that, but uh, it sounds like fun. I, I would I would like to try it. Uh, okay, nine zero seven four three three thirty one fifty. What else are we doing? My wife is going to do oyster stuffing. Um, she is. Uh, it's been quite a few years since she's done the oyster stuffing, and so she's going to do that. And, um, and then we're going to do the pumpkin pie. What you what do you mean? You can't get the pumpkin chiffon pie recipe. Bill's just saying, we we're going to do the pumpkin pie, your grandma's recipe, but we just can't do it. All you got to do is go back and look in my posts. Um, and I'll, Bill, for you, I will pin that post to the top of the page. I'll go back and, uh, and I will, I will pin that post to the top of the page on the Facebook page so that people can look at my grandma Faye's pumpkin pie recipe, which is all chiffoned and light and fluffy and delicious. Oh man. My son, who is this big manly man and that does, you know, he does a lot of his own cooking. Um, he actually uh, went to the store because he wanted to, and he bought a pumpkin. This is like five weeks ago. He bought a pumpkin. He scraped it out. He did the whole thing. He made his own pumpkin pie filling. Then he used that to make Grandma Faye's pumpkin pie, and so which was delicious. I mean, but it was like this kid was just going. I mean, he wasn't using just the condensed. You know, he went and made his own pumpkin pie filling from an actual pumpkin. I was pretty impressed. Pretty darn impressed. Uh, and yes, the fifth leading cause of garage is burning down because people are stupid enough to deep fry a turkey inside their garage. You need to do it outside, not on the porch, not on, do it in the driveway because they can catch on fire. That's exactly it. They can catch on fire. Um, oh, gravy. Oh, deep, deep fried prime rib. Hello. Hello. Uh, and my wife was talking about wanting to brine a turkey, but we then discovered that it needed to be a fresh turkey. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it's a, it's a thing. Yes. All pumpkin pies use real pumpkins, but you know what I mean? It wasn't like a can of condensed pumpkin filling. It was, you know, he actually made the pumpkin pie fill. Anyway, it's, it's great. Oh man. Um, once you go deep fry, you never go back. How many of you have actually deep fried a turkey? Maybe we should be asking that question. How many of you have actually deep fried your turkey and and are doing that now instead of cooking it? I mean, because cooking it in a roaster is is pretty easy. We have a roaster. I have a big Nesco roaster. I mean, it's like a, it's a monster thing. I can put like a 23-pound chicken or turkey in this. Uh, in 23-pound chicken would be pretty impressive. 23-pound uh, turkey in this roaster. It's big. And you just turn it on and let it cook. Um, it's, uh, it's not that hard. Um, but I know that everybody's talking about deep frying the turkey. That's the way to go. Um, 
I'd like to I'd like to check it out. I would like to check it out. Um, okay. Uh, 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. Um, a lot of people are like, yeah, they're, they're, well, the peanut oil too. That was the other thing. You have to use peanut oil to fry them and that's not necessarily cheap. And you, you mean, you only get to use it one time, right? So it's not necessarily the cheapest way to make a turkey, but, uh, it is quick and it's unique. So. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm debating. I'm debating next year whether or not I should get set up to do a deep fried turkey. We we want to try brining one though too. That was the that was the one thing. I'm going to head out and see if I can find a. I got the frozen turkey as the backup now, uh, but you got to brine a fresh turkey. So I'll see if I can go find me a fresh turkey, and uh, we'll see if Mama wants to uh, to brine that thing up. All right. Well. <clears throat> You guys are all just uh, real quiet today, real quiet, and that's okay. We're going to continue. Uh, we'll uh, start off the conversation in the next hour. I guess we'll get back into some politics because that gets you. Uh, I guess that gets you engaged. <laughs> the the Thanksgiving meal prep not engaging you too much, although I enjoy it. I'm just thinking about all those great side dishes. Mmm, yummy. All right, the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Right around the corner. Be kind, love one another, live well. Here we go. Yummy. Cornish game hens? Yeah, you could deep fry Cornish game hens, couldn't you? Uh, Harold doesn't want to deep fry a turkey because he likes that smell. And I agree. I think that that smell is so good. Smoked turkey. See, then I got to buy, then I got to get a Traeger, I got to get a whatever. I mean, it would be great to have all the different ones. I would love to try that. Uh, maybe you can get Sarah to get you a fresh bird, Alaska kill. <laughs> uh, oh man, delicious, delicious stuff. Bill Brock, what's time? What's in time for dinner? And Bill will have the recipe for that pumpkin pie. I should go back here and take a look at that right now. We've got a, uh, whoops, come here. There we go. Right there. Boom. So now I should be able to go back and take a look at my uh, search. Uh, search. Come on, search. I'm searching my posts right now. Uh, holiday contest. See what it says here. I, it's searching all of Facebook. All of Facebook. Why is it searching live videos? Oh, there we go. Uh, okay. And it's just got the, this has got it in right here. There we go. Grandma face pumpkin pie recipe. All right. Um, how do I share this? I uh, share it right here. How do I uh, share to your, no, I want to pin it to the top. There we go. Can I can't, I can't pin it to the top. 
Okay. Well, you know what? Let's make this easy. Let's make this easy. Uh, just like that. Boom. I'm probably going to get killed here. Uh, with the, I don't think, I don't know if I have a post limit on mine. But there you go. Boom. Grandma Faye's pumpkin pie recipe right there. And uh, you can go back. It was posted on November the 22nd, 2021. November the 22nd, 2021 is where that uh, recipe is. And you can uh, you can check it all out. Uh, for some reason, it's not giving me the... Um, uh, it's not giving me the... It's not giving me the link. Usually it gives you the opportunity to actually pull the link from the contest, but it's not, it's not there. Okay. So there you go. There's your holiday. There's your pumpkin pie recipe. All right. I just brined a thawed frozen turkey yesterday and it was amazingly juicy. The family was amazed. My wife said you can't, that they recommend not brining a frozen turkey. I mean, not frozen, but you know, previously frozen. Previously frozen, um, which I mean, again, we've never brined one, so she's just going off what was going on. So Terrell, you'll have to tell me. Terrell just said I, he just was talking about how he brined that turkey, and it was amazingly juicy. Um, so you just thawed it, made sure that it was completely thawed, and then brined it. Is that what you're saying? Um, I might have to. Uh, I might have to check. I might have to check that out. Check, check it out. Check it. Oh, my God. It broke up my post into like 15 different uh, pieces in there. Sorry, guys. Um, hopefully you can uh, hopefully you can uh, uh, dissect all that stuff. But all you have to do is go back. Um, for some reason, I can't. Um, will that open up? The, will that open it up in the thing? I don't know why I'm doing this this morning, but I am. I'm just doing it. I'm 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 in a mood. Man, I'm in a mood. Uh, I just I just want the holidays to be here. I want to enjoy time with the family, and I want to eat my wife's delicious, my delicious cooking, delicious cooking. That's what I want to do. Um. Oh, there we go. There we go. That is the photo. How about that? I'll uh, we'll do that. So this is a link. <clears throat> For those of you that it was messed up, the thing was, this is a link to the actual photo of the contest uh, page. But in the comments, the first comment has got Grandma Faye's pie on it. So you can click on the photo and it will go over there and you can uh, you can do that. Korean glazed turkey. Oh, man. Um, it's not a problem. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm I'm looking I'm looking at oh who brought the trailer park food I brought a I took it to a potluck what Laura says she took something to a, a green bank green bean trailer park casserole green bank trailer park casserole I want to know what green bank trailer park do you mean green bean trailer park casserole green bean trailer park casserole I want to know what that is because I like that I like me some green bean casseroles <laughs> it has to be with uh it has to be with French sliced onion or French French cut fry uh beans though not whole beans i prefer french cut beans for that okay 
Yes, green bean. 23-pound turkey in the roaster, stuffed mashed potatoes, gravy, sprinkling of cinnamon, cooked corn in butter, pumpkin pie with whipped cream. Oh, man. I'm waiting for Sarah Palin to behead a turkey on live TV. <laughs> Somebody would pay money for that, wouldn't they? All right. Well, I suppose we got to stop talking about the food and stuff. I don't know why. I don't know why. But we should get back into it here. And uh, I guess we'll talk some politics. Jeez. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Here we go. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Yep, across the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukeShow.com. And uh, that's where you go for the audio-only live stream and uh, all the links to our podcasts and the links to the social media sites that we simulcast the radio show on and so much more. Uh, That's where you go to get it done. Appreciate you coming in and joining us this morning. Uh, Hour two of the big radio show. We had one line on hold, which hung up right when we were coming back on air. They waited that whole time, and uh, probably because we were doing nothing but talking about um, we were doing nothing but talking about uh, holiday cooking and Thanksgiving meals and things like that. And in fact, Jerica has won the internet this morning because she said I mentioned how much I like green bean casserole, and she said green bean casserole is her favorite. She says I put mushrooms and bacon in it. Oh, 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 man. Mushrooms and bacon in green bean casserole. Yes, please. Yes, please. Uh, anyway, so uh, that's uh, that's what's coming up. Uh, was the, the discussions on that. All right. So I'm opening up the phone lines again. Uh, 907-433-3150. If you do want to talk about Wood ticks, lunatics, and politics, we can do all that stuff at 907-433-3150. This hour of the program also being sponsored by our friends at Satellite West. You can find them at SatelliteWest.com. For all your connectivity needs, connectivity needs, wherever you are, wherever you go, they're the folks that will help you out. SatelliteWest.com. Um, and uh, they can keep you connected no matter where you are, no matter where you go. Uh, because never forget, no matter where you go, there you are. That's it. SatelliteWest.com. That's their, that's their slogan. No matter where you go, there you are. 
It's not really their slogan. I just made it up. But it sounded good. Um, all right, so it's open line, open form. Uh, I was going to talk about the charter of changes and some other things, but I got to be honest with you, I'm just, uh, you know, we're reaching that point in the, I'm reaching that point in the calendar of the year where I'm getting ready. I'm starting to look forward to my vacation, my Christmas vacation, which is going to start this year on the, uh, uh, which is going to start this year on the 21st, 21st of December, and I will be out. Until the new year. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I know you guys probably aren't, but I am. So there you go. Let's go over to the phones and see what you guys have to say. Um, and we'll talk about, let's talk about anything. I will throw the phone lines open to any discussion today. You want to keep talking about what we've been talking about in the chat room, which is great holiday recipes? Great. You want to talk about something else? Great. Uh, let's go over there now and get started. Shall we? I think we shall. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is Terry calling from Wasella. Good morning, Terry. Just a comment. I was just down in Oregon for nine days and it gave me a real appreciation for our we may be screwed up, but man, we're not as screwed up as Oregon is. <laughs> that's a, I could not wait that, to get back home to that, Alaska. That's not a high bar, right? I mean, we're not as screwed up as Oregon is. That's not saying much. It's not saying much, but it couldn't get me out of there fast enough. Day five, and I want to get on the plane and get home. And I have four more days to hang out in Jerusalem. Wow. Well, it, uh, it, it is, it is good. I mean, I do enjoy traveling out of state sometimes, but you're right. There reaches a, there reaches a point somewhere in my trip where I'm like, gosh, I really want to go home because these people are crazy. I just want to go home back to the land of the free and the home of the brave. Anyway, that was just my comment. Thank God I live in Alaska and not in the lower 48. All right. Well, thank you, Terry. I appreciate you calling in this morning and uh, being part of it. That leaves some lines open at 907-433-3150. Let's go to the next caller. Good morning, caller. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Michael, this is Ron in North Pole. Hello, sir. How are you? Well, I'm very well, thank you. Uh, uh, what? Let me just uh, make make two points or comments, I guess. Uh, I note here in the last uh, few days I've seen some uh, uh, folks that are uh, promoting all the virtues of ranked choice voting. And uh, there's also uh, a story that appeared in yesterday's uh, Daily News Banner in Fairbanks uh, about uh, a group that is organized to get rid of it. So that might be something to watch in the future. Yeah, no, we've been talking about it, and it's it's ironic because I know that Alaskans for Better Elections, which is the group that put forward the ballot initiative, ballot measure number two, they've been buying a lot of advertising on the radio telling people uh, you know, how great ranked choice voting was and how it is and why they have to wait and why it's a good thing that they have to wait and everything else. And, of course, they're getting prepped to – have to defend it because they know they're going to have to defend it because there's already been at least two or three citizen groups that I know that are getting together to try and uh, remove it from the ballot. 
And uh, finally, uh, in a much lighter vein, uh, you were talking about uh, fried turkeys. I note that uh, I saw an ad in the paper, one of the uh, flyer inserts last week, for an air fryer for turkeys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. You're right. I did hear something about people trying to air. But, I mean, that'd have to be a big air fryer, man. I mean, that's, well, I guess depending on how big a turkey it is. But I think most people that I know, you know, they get turkeys from 18 to 25 pounds. That would have to be a big air fryer. But I'd try it. I mean, you know, if it wasn't a million dollars, I'd try it. Yeah, I, I have to confess I didn't know the price, but uh, I'd be interested in hearing if anyone else has tried one. Yeah, no, air frying is um, air frying is the way, my friend. That is the way. Uh, the the air. I I don't know how we lived without our air fryer before I bought it for my wife, um, and I just I, I don't know how we did it. It was uh, it was amazing. So uh, anyway, all right. Okay, I'll cut you. I'll cut you loose and uh, let somebody else call in. Thank you, Ron. I appreciate you uh, calling in this morning and being part of the uh, being part of the show and part of the program. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. Yeah, I think the rank choice thing is with us for a little bit here unless we can get enough uh unless we can get enough support to go out there and collect the signatures needed. I mean, we could collect the signatures needed for that in fairly short order. Then the real battle begins because once it actually gets approved to be on the ballot, that's when the knives are going to come out. That's when the dollars from outside, that dark money that we keep talking about, that's when it's going to come out and they're going to, uh, I mean, just, they're going to try and drive a stake into us. Um, and so very, very interesting, um, but very, very interesting to see what's going to happen with that. Uh, I am all for supporting it, but definitely, uh, definitely going to be a tough one. Um, I, 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 yeah, an air fryer. Somebody just said in the chat room that ovens have air fryers built into them now. Um, that's crazy. That's crazy. And of course, Harold is commenting that what, you know, why don't we just stuff the turkey and put it in the oven? Why are we trying to fix what isn't broke? We always want to try something new. Always want to try something new and different. And I love that. I love the fact that we, you know, we can have a tradition of, I mean, why not create a new tradition? Why not create a new tradition? My wife did it. We did a prime rib uh, for the first time ever last year for uh, for Christmas. We had never, ever done a prime rib. We always did the traditional my dad's, you know, bourbon ham recipe, which is amazing. But, you know, we wanted to try something different. Sometimes you got to try something different, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, you could throw it on a stick and roast it over a fire if you want. Why did we change to an oven? I mean, you know, why why did we change any of those things? I'm uh I'm I mean I'm I'm looking for it. I'm looking for something new. I just want to just want to see what it's what it's like. I always want to try something new. And the first time I had deep fried turkey, it was I was my mind was blown. The first time I had deep fried turkey, I was like this is so amazing. Uh gosh, that was 25 years ago. Um and uh all ever since then I've never done it because I understand that it's a lot of work. And, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm lazy when it comes to Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I do a lot of the cooking, but I'm, you know, 
So we'll see. Terry wants to brine a turkey. We'll see what the brining does. We'll see how that does, that that gets the job done. Um, but who knows? We might we might have two. There's nothing better than turkey on Thanksgiving except for the Dickens sandwich the next day. We've talked about this on the program before. The Dickens sandwich. That is an amazing. That's an amazing thing. Um, if you ask nicely, I might tell you about. Uh, I might tell you about the Dickens sandwich. It is an amazing. It is an amazing way to uh, to enjoy your turkey and Thanksgiving leftovers. Absolutely. 907-433-3150. If you would like to sound off, we'd love to hear from you today. Uh, any topic is fair game. Uh, we can again talk about the. Uh, uh, the ballot measures that I was saying earlier that I think that there needs to be four that if we're going to do ballot measures, you might as well do you might as well do them in combination. You might as well do more than one. You might as well go out and collect signatures and have, you know, you might as well have multiple books with you when you go. You might as well have one for the repeal of ranked choice voting. You might as well have one for a dedicated spending cap. You might as well have one for term limits. And you might as well have one for enshrining the PFD. Why not? Just do both. Just or do all four at once. Might as well get them all done at the same time. Because the person that's going to sign your ballot for ranked choice voting repeal will probably sign your ballot for your 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 uh, your sign up packet for the other three as well. Just get it all. Just go do it. Just go do it right there. Uh, I know it works for a turkey. Butter, yes, butter works fantastic for a turkey. Butter and uh, kitchen bouquet and a little seasoning and yummy. Oh. Somebody just put a recipe for Korean glazed turkey in the uh, chat room. <laughs> uh, why are we talking about food this early? You guys are killing me. Killing me. Absolutely. Delicioso. All right. We got to go. We're going to continue. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. I... I had it in my mind, but I just can't seem to get in the spirit of uh, talking about politics. That's okay. That's okay. We'll see where you guys drive the bus. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, I'm a proud owner of a bivy stick, says Brittany, still working in Seattle. Uh, but I was fortunate enough to attend the Pacific Maritime Ex- Marine Expo. I met Harold of Satellite West. He hooked me up with a bivy. Can't wait to use it. Please consider having a commercial fisherman on your show. I'm afraid the fleet will be decimated in the next 20 years. They just can't afford to keep fishing. We should have a conversation about that, Brittany. Thank you for the, thank you for the, uh, 
suggestion for sure. Um, I started it. What? I started what? I didn't start anything on, I, not me, not me. Uh, so traditional pumpkin pie isn't all that. The settlers had no flour at the first dinner. The Indians brought four small pie pumpkins. They hollowed them out, put custard inside them and bake them in the fire. That's how you know. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, thank you, Bill. I had no idea. I had no idea. Sounds delicious though. Sounds delish. Uh, butter, potatoes, stuffing, turkey, yam, strawberry cake. I use a minimum of 12 sticks of butter. I know. It's like when we go to do the shopping, it's like you always got to buy two or three pounds of butter for everything that you're going to get into. Oh, man. Yeah. And uh, delicious. Delicious. Um, uh, let's see. Can you put a pair you want? Maybe you could pair that. This is Jerrica. Maybe you could pair that with an agricultural discussion, Mr. Dukes. I mean, we should talk about food security in Alaska. If it, who would I? Who would I bring on, Jerrica? Who would? Who would be a good guest to talk about uh, the food security and uh, you know some creating some kind of agricultural thing uh, here in the state? Who would you? Who would you need to? You know, who would I? Who should I talk to on that? Um. There, there are no booklets for gathering at this point. No, I know that, Christine. I was just saying that's what we should do is that if we're going to gather together signature books or we're going to gather signatures to get to create the books, you might as well put four – you might as well put three or four of them together at any one time and just say sign this one, sign this one, sign this one, sign this one. Let's get them all in at once. That uh, that that would be it. Um. Okay, share the bourbon ham recipe. Anything with bourbon is better. Uh, I believe that I put the bourbon ham recipe. Um, I believe that I put the bourbon ham recipe on last year's. Um, on last year's recipe contest. I'm just looking. I'm looking through it because I still have it up in the other window. Um, uh, must not have. Um, the bourbon ham recipe is actually fairly simple. Um, it's bourbon and brown sugar uh, with a eighth of a teaspoon of dry mustard. And then you can either use whole cloves to stick it in the ham. I've started using ground cloves because it's a lot easier and you get a kind of a more, you know, the flavor is kind of throughout. I use a little bit of ground cloves. Uh, maybe an eighth of a teaspoon, eighth of a half of an eighth of a teaspoon, a sixteenth of a teaspoon. Um, and you just bake the ham, a whole bone in ham. That's the challenge. The challenge these days is trying to find a whole bone in ham. You just, you can't find them anymore. Everybody's doing shanks and quarters and everything else. And I want a whole bone in ham. Um, but you put it in, you cook it fat side up at like 400 degrees for, I can't remember how many, I think it's, uh, I think it's three minutes, three and a half minutes per pound until it's hot. Then you cut the whole rind of it off. You cut all the fat and the rind off and then you cross hatch it, you know, all the way through and you, you carve it pretty deep and then you make up a batch of the dark brown sugar and the mustard and the cloves and some bourbon until it's like a a pasty soup and then you just stuff it all in this every crack every nook and cranny then you cook it some more and then I take another batch I take a smaller batch of the same stuff and I put it in on top and I cook it for another five minutes at like 400 and 
five degrees or whatever it is. And it comes out with this crusty coating. Uh, and it's just, oh, man, my mouth is literally watering right now. So good. So good. We should do a cooking show. That's what we should do. I'll do my Julia Childs. It'll be fantastic. Here we go. Let's do it. Okay. Yummy. I know. It's, I know. I, it's, I'm sorry. I started the whole discussion on food this morning and I don't know what I, uh, I don't know what I did, but, um, I started it and now it's, um, and now it's a thing. We've been talking about it. We just, I just basically walk people through my dad's brown sugar bourbon ham recipe which is amazing absolutely amazing i've been making it for 30 it's been every christmas for 30 years we've been doing that and quite honestly if i could tell you a secret we did it for christmas and we did it for new years because it it doesn't last long. I guarantee you it doesn't last long. Any leftover ham goes immediately into homemade mac and cheese or into uh, into omelets or just into big old thick sandwiches. So it never lasts long. Uh, but last year we did the Christmas ham and then we did the prime rib for New Year's, which was, again, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um. Jim in the chat room just says, I'd rather listen to food conversation than another politician. Are we reaching that? Are we kind of reaching that spot? And I mean, I think Kelly had a very interesting point uh, when she said, when she said, you know, look at the voter turnout and really look at the, you know, look at the Senate turnout. Um, you, you had the overall voter, uh, the overall, the overall vote was at 40, 40 percent. What was the number? I want to make sure that I got it right. 44%. That was the overall voter turnout for this last election. And yet, uh, when you look at the Senate race, what was the voter turnout for the Senate race? It was um, 40.71%, meaning a lot of people didn't even bother to vote. And many of them didn't vote in either the Senate or the congressional race. They both were essentially had the same uh, had the same uh, number of votes, um, it, it, you know, and it just it was that was just tough that people are uh, people are. So her question of why are people not voting and, you know, why is this the lowest voter turnout in history? Then I think there's a lot of components there. Ranked choice voting, sure. I think that that had a I think that that had a uh, a component of that. But I think also it's just the general exhaustion. It's the malaise. It's the I mean, look, I deal with this every day, and by this time of year, I'm like, all I want to do is get to my Christmas vacation so that I can you know unplug my brain from this mess for a little bit. Because we're all wore out. 
We're all frustrated. Um, how do we fix it? I don't know. That's, I mean, that's really the question that I wanted to talk about today with the charter of changes. I mean, you know, what, what is it that's needs to happen? I mean, we've changed out the players, but that didn't do it. That didn't do it. We changed out the players, but we didn't, I guess we didn't put the right players back in there. And in some cases, uh, you know, we swapped them out for, we swapped out some good ones for some bad ones. So, I mean, changing the players in and of itself is not going to fix anything all by its lonesome. So, you know, again, do we start asking questions about, um, you know, do we need to talk about, uh, do we need to talk about, uh, you know, an income tax? Do we need to talk about finding a funding and taxation? Do we need to embrace that? I don't know. I don't know. There's pros and cons to both. Um, somebody from the Alaska Policy Institute or Alaska Policy Forum sent me uh, a couple of their big breakdowns on how an income tax would be hurtful. And I've also got some um, uh, uh, some articles and papers written by an economist at the University of Alaska Anchorage that is advocating that representation without taxation is just as bad as the other way around um, and talking about why we need the income tax to make the politicians accountable. And there's something to that argument. I mean, there's something of a Jay Hammond discussion in that argument as well. So I don't know. I think we're going to have these folks on to talk about it. I think that's what it's going to be. We'll, we'll, we'll pull both, we'll pull people from the policy forum on. We'll pull people from, uh, uh, from the, from the university on to talk about it. We'll see what kind of conversation we will at least have the conversation. How about that? We'll do that. Uh, speaking of conversations on Wednesday, Joe Geldhoff and Donna Ardwin are going to be joining us to talk about um, the post-election stuff. Where does it go from here? What happens? What are their thoughts on it? We'll have that conversation with them um, as well on Wednesday. And then we'll do something about um, um, – we'll do something. Then we'll talk with Nick Begich on the same day. That's, that's what's going on. Uh, Richard in the chat room says, somebody posted an article the other day that was talking about the PFD had been heavily invested in that crypto crypto. Is that true at all? Yes, there was a, about a $200 million investment that apparently got eaten by the FTX crash. Uh, FTX is a crypto exchange. Um, and my understanding is, yes, um, the... Uh, that the the permanent fund itself had somewhere in the neighborhood of about two hundred million dollars invested in that. So uh, we did lose that, and so did a lot of other people. Uh, there was a lot of people that lost uh, that lost some money in that FTX exchange. Um, the permanent fund uh, was minor, but people like Tom Brady and Shaquille O'Neal and others had a lot of money in FTX crypto. And uh, that guy, um, there's going to be some indictments on that. I guarantee you there's going to be the Bankman Fried is the guy's name. And uh, he basically uh, he basically took those funds and invested them on, on, on other things, on, on other stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, – it's going to be – it's going to be crazy. Uh, what the fallout of that is still yet to be felt. But uh, the permanent fund did have a little bit of exposure on that. Not much compared to other folks, but uh, a, a bit. We'll put it that way. 
Uh, all right, 907-378, uh, excuse me, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. If you would like to sound off, I would love to hear what you guys have to say on, well, on any topic. Again, we'll just open the phone lines up for any discussion that you may want to uh, um you, you may want to uh, talk about. Um, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, James is saying, no, we shouldn't put an income tax into statute. It's a liberty issue. I, again, I'm not disagreeing with you that it's a liberty issue. I'd love to hear which, more of your thoughts on it. Um, never give up, take a small break, then come back to fight, says Kyle. That's, what, that's the thing. I discovered a long time ago that at the end of the year, by the time the year was over and we were coming into the Christmas time, that that, first of all, it was a very slow time for news, very slow time for politics, very slow time in the advertising game, which is what I do for my day job. And so I discovered a long time ago that that was the perfect time to take a, take a, take a bit of a break. And to uh, come back because, it, I mean, it was just really nothing else going on. And that was, uh, that was a great uh, it's a great opportunity. And I've discovered that uh, it's the best thing for me. So that's when I take my big vacation every year is between basically between Christmas and New Year's. And then I have a staycation. I don't, I don't, leave, I don't get off my couch for seven days. You have, to, you have to pry me out of it later. It's perfect. It's perfect. That and all the food that I'm going to eat. Everybody wants to talk about food more now uh, in the chat room. Um, all right, 907 3150 If you want to share me your favorite recipe or you want to talk about politics, I'm da- I'm game. I'm down with it. Uh, let's get uh, let's get uh, let's get more from you out there uh, on the uh, out there in the in the in the world. 907-433-3150. Let's go over here and see what you have to say. Good morning, caller. Who's this? Where are you calling from? I'm, I'm sorry. Try that again. Bob Fairbanks. Hey, uh, let's, let's talk ham. Let's talk ham. Okay. Yeah. You can't be putting all that bourbon and brown sugar on your ham because who wants that in your scalp potatoes later down the road? Or your, your ham and cheese sandwich, brown sugar doesn't come out right. Oh man, you are so. I I hate to so, tell you that. I hate but, to tell you this, Bob, but you are so man. wrong because there's nothing better than getting a big old chunk in your no. in your cheesy mac and cheese and getting that big old chunk of sweet bourbon With and brown sugar in it. Oh man, <laughs> it's so good, so good. Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay, but here's what you gotta do. You can't buy a stock. You can't buy a spiral ham. You gotta buy a whole ham. But it, I mean, it's gotta not be cut other than two from the butt, the shank. But leave it in that wrapper. It comes from in the store. Put it in the oven at 170 when you get up in the morning. In the wrapper from the store without popping a hole in it. And then later that night, when that thing's up to about a hundred and forty-five, hundred and fifty degrees, because ham's already fully cooked from the factory, uh, you'll have the juiciest ham you've ever had, and you'll never go back to another way. You mean like inside the plastic wrap? Put it in the oven in the plastic? Yep, inside the plastic wrap. Don't even not the foil plastic wrap, but the clear plastic wrap. It's all food grade plastic. You're not overheating, and it's only going to be one seventy. And 
you just stick it in the oven just like that. And I'm telling you, you got to wring the ham out or you're going to get you a bib. But a, a kid's diaper works best because it'd be too juicy otherwise. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. I uh, let you know. thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I could try that one time to see, but I mean, I just like the way that this comes out. And yes, the brown sugar, because it caramelizes on the outside of the ham, I mean, it's just, it's this beautiful brownish, uh, crusty, delicious, it goes with everything. Scallop potatoes, yes. Mac and cheese, yes. Ham sandwich, yes. Such a good flavor. Such a good flavor. All right, uh, let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Randy in Fairbanks. Good morning, Randy. What's on your mind? Well, a little bit ago, I heard on the program the suggestion for four different initiatives that could be proposed. And uh, one of them was enshrining the PFD. I assume that means enshrining the PFD in the Alaska Constitution. But there's nowhere where it says that in uh, Article 8 of the Alaska Constitution, which has to do with amendments and, and uh, revisions, um, there's only two ways to revise the Alaska Constitution, and that's by the amendment process, whereby two-thirds of each house of the legislature propose it as an amendment, and then it goes through to the then it goes through to a vote of the people. And of course, the other way that we're all familiar with is uh, every 10 years, you know, uh, we vote on whether to have a constitutional convention. But as far as the people having an initiative to propose an amendment, <clears throat> I don't believe that's correct. Well, uh, we'll have to see, Randy. I I believe that there is a provision for it, but again, I have I'd have to go back and read the law. Maybe you're right. Maybe maybe there is no provision for the citizenry to amend their own constitution. But I I I think I'm. I don't know. I maybe. Who knows, Randy? I'll go look it up in my off time. How about that? We'll find out. I do know that we can change the law as far as the ranked choice voting goes and the term limits go, for sure. Uh, and we could even put a statutory uh, we could even put a statutory um, spending cap in. Not that they would ignore. Not that they would. They just ignore that and go right over it anyway. Uh, and we could even change the statutory law on the PFD. So, whatever it is, we'll we'll have to see. So, thank you for sounding off, Randy. I appreciate you calling in. Uh, all right, and you know that at this point, I almost I almost don't even care at this point. Let's uh, let's uh, take a quick break, though. We're going to come back here in just a minute. We'll be back. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. We'll have one final segment with a, a totally open line, open form. And yes, we could talk about hams if you want, or turkeys, or the best side dish ever. It's green bean casserole. Fight me, all right? I'm just saying right now, fight me. If you think that, change my mind. We got more coming up. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Um, all right. 
<laughs> show ruined in three, two, one. Um, Daniel says, I think voter turnout has a lot to do with voter fatigue and income tax could force those people back into the game. Possibly it's possible. I, again, I'm throwing all these ideas at the wall. Something has got, something's got to go. Something's got to work here. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, it would be great to hear what he has to say. Give you a list of people who are actually hands-on involved in agriculture. I emailed the list to Dukes two years ago. Re-email me that, Jerrica, will you? Uh, I'll I'll get to it. I'm not ignoring you. Not ignoring you. Food security is an important discussion, and we should have it. Growing your own ham. That's a lot of work. I mean, as much as I admire the people who have pigs and do all that kind of stuff and have animals. I mean, we've done it. We've had goats and We've had goats and chickens and rabbits and stuff like that. Um, chickens are our favorite. Chickens are, you know, they're work, but not as much work as all the other ones put together. Chickens are pretty easy and they create, oh man, they got some of the best eggs ever. But I just, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, I wouldn't want to grow my own ham. I'm willing for somebody else to grow it for me. I, then I will cook it the way that I want. I yam what I am, and that's what I am. Uh, I don't like yams. I do not like yams. I, that's it's. Uh, <laughs> my dad is probably screaming at the radio right now. I do not like sweet potatoes or yams. I'm not a fan. We have it every year at Thanksgiving. We have it every year because my wife is uh, my wife is a is a definite yam fan or sweet potato fan. She's sweet potatoes really for her more than yams. But uh, and my dad loves sweet potatoes and yams. Uh, it was one of his things. It's just it's one of those things that I just don't care for. I mean, I don't like sweet potato fries. I don't like. I don't know why. I don't know why. Just one of those things. But we still have it. I just don't. I'm I'm the adult. I don't have to eat it if I don't want to. So I don't. I don't waste my space. Do you know how much green bean casserole space could be taken up by eating sweet potatoes and yams? That's right. That is right. Uh, green bean casserole. Yeah. And now I'm going on with what uh, I'm going on with what Jerrica said. Green bean casserole with mushrooms and bacon. Challenge accepted on that. Yeah, we're going to try that one. Um, <clears throat> challenge accepted, says Daniel. Scalloped potatoes. I do like me some scalloped potatoes too. That's not a bad, but you know what's best is what Bob was just saying. When you take the leftover ham and you put it in the scalloped potatoes, that's what make that is delicious right there. In fact, thank you, uh, Daniel. I will tell my wife that, uh, I will request that for the after party party, the leftover ham party will be the scalloped potatoes with the bourbon and brown sugar ham. Mm. Um, best side dish ever is oyster dressing. As you mentioned, Michael sure miss it. Yeah. My wife uh, makes an oyster stuffing that is, Oh, it's so rich. It's so delicious. Uh, Michael says boiled down a Turkey carcass day after Thanksgiving for Turkey soup. So good. Well, that's what we do for the, for the hams. Is, uh, you know, because we get a whole bone-in ham and then I cut the hawks up. I, I freeze them and then I whack them with a hammer and break them into chunks and then throw them in a pot. And my wife makes an enormous batch of green split pea soup. Split pea soup with all the ham chunks floating off the bone, all that stuff. Oh, so good. Oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> I'm so excited. Um, yeah, I know. Sweet potato is not my thing. People are shocked. Deshane is like, what? Whoa. I know. I know. Um, green bean casseroles. Scalloped potatoes needs no assistance. I disagree. You wait, Daniel. You have a brown sugar bourbon ham added to the green to the uh, scalloped potatoes, and you'll think you died and gone to heaven. I mean, scalloped potatoes are great. Don't get me wrong, but you add that to the thing. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Chickens are so much fun, and they're probably the easiest. There's an investment, obviously, in you know all the infrastructure and the coops and everything else, but chickens. Probably the most fun. It's probably the one thing my wife complains about the most is that we don't have chickens down here because she really enjoyed that. And especially the fresh eggs. Oof. Be suspicious of people who don't like sweet potatoes and don't watch sports. Probably because we're probably too busy taking over the world. That's why you should, that's why you probably be suspicious of us. (laughs) Oh, this is no poultry week. What? What? All right. Um, be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, everybody else can eat all that. It's more sweet potatoes for you guys. You know that, right? If I don't eat it, it means it's more for you. You guys should be happy about that. You should be happy that I am the anti-sweet potato yam guy. You should. Okay. <laughs> Fried cabbage with bacon. Oh, Brussels sprouts with bacon. If you haven't, if you haven't done Brussels sprouts with some chicken broth, and then you cook the bacon, and then you put a little chicken broth in the bottom to declaze and get the little bits and pieces of bacon out, and then you cook the Brussels sprouts in the bacon with the chi- oh, yum. This is the worst. This is the worst show ever. All we're talking about is great food, and it's 7 o'clock in the morning, and I'm hungry. Can't wait for the Thanksgiving feast. No, it's going to be good. It's going to be delicious. He does not get... My dad is tattling me in the... My dad is telling on me in the chat room. He does not care for acorn squash. Ask my father how he knows how I do not like acorn squash. It is the only time I've actually ever been physically ill at a dining table, ever. <laughs> no acorn squash for me. Well, I love zucchini. I love that. I eat, I eat spaghetti squash, but that acorn squash, no, it's just no good. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, all right. It's been, it's been good. Butternut squash, no acorn, says Bobby. I mean, you know, we all have foods that we just don't care for, right? Like I said, you guys should be happy that I don't like sweet potatoes and yams because that's all the more for you guys. 
you guys, you guys are the ones that are, you know, you benefit from that. And that leaves me room for more green bean casserole, which is, I mean, why, you know, especially when you get the real good crunchy onions, the fried onions, you know, and you get that in there with the, with the French cut green beans, really nicely done French cut green beans. So good. So good. Yummy. Um, yes, I know I've tried squash with butter and brown sugar, which are, you know, who, how could you go wrong with butter and brown sugar? I think it's the, I don't know, the squash is, it's not good, man. It's not good. Oh, beets, beets, love beets, love liver, love. I love, love all that. Yep. Love, uh, I love Brussels sprouts. I love all different kinds of stuff. Just no squash, please. God, please. No squash. All right, number to call is 907. How did this show just dig? We just we we had a great, fantastic guest in the first hour, and then we immediately crashed and burned into discussion about holiday meals. I don't know how we got here, but uh here we are. Here we are talking about it, and it's all good. Um, I'm thinking uh, definitely a prime rib this year. I'm thinking definitely maybe a prime rib for New Year's again. Definitely the Christmas ham, okay? Brown sugar and bourbon. My dad's brown sugar and bourbon ham is award-winning. I don't know from whose award, but somewhere there's an award for that thing. And um, and then finally, we're going to do the turkey. And the question is, we usually do a fresh, young butterball, right? That's what they're, fresh and young. Fresh and young. Fresh, young butterball. Um, this year, like I said, my wife wants to talk about brining one. So maybe we'll do that, um, and see how that goes. I mean, you could eat a turkey anytime. Turkeys are year round food, but, uh, the Thanksgiving one has got to be special. That's got to be a special treat. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's go over to the phones. I've babbled on enough about, I'm just so hungry right now. You have no idea. Let's go over to the phones and see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Carlene and Kodiak. Good morning, Carlene. How are you, my dear? Excellent. Couldn't be better. That fried cabbage and bacon. Fried cabbage. I add onions and crumble up some hamburger. And of course, do not leave out the brown sugar and vinegar. Oh, it's wonderful. Oh man, yeah, a little cabbage with some uh, a little cabbage with vinegar is an amazing meal. My wife makes a she she makes something called uh stuffed cabbage stoop. It's not a soup, it's not a stew, it's a stoop. Uh and it's got all you just said, the onions and the cabbage and the bra- and the ground beef and everything else. And then yeah, I just pour a little bit of that apple cider vinegar right across the top when you're served up your bowl. Oh, it is so so good. Absolutely delicious. It's almost like the corned beef and cabbage, and the next day turn it into a wonderful soup. I love to make soup. It's so easy. It is. It's uh, it is delicious. I love it. Um, I think it's. Uh, I think soups are you know are good. We were just talking about. In fact, the day after with the uh, the day after with like the ham. If you have the ham, then you you know you throw the bone in the freezer and the next day you crack it with a hammer and you drop it in a big pot and you make yourself a big pot of split pea soup with that all that fresh brown sugar and bourbon ham coming off the bone. Oh, it's so good. Those soups are so good. You're hundred wow. percent right. 
since since I live alone, I make something like that, and I have gallon Ziploc bags, and I freeze them so that they're flat. And the next month, I pull out a, a gallon bag, and it thaws in just no time at all. And now you have fresh, fresh soup if you freeze it right away. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Don't when it's old. Yeah, no, absolutely. That makes it simple and easy. You just throw that little, and now you got a bunch of flat little bags in your freezer that are full of soup, right? You just lay them out on the counter and away you go. Wow, yes. Thanks, Michael. Well, thank you, Carlene. Thanks for calling in uh, and joining us. Yeah, nothing like a little uh, good soup. And and that's the best way to do all them leftovers. It's the best way to do all those leftovers. Oh, I didn't tell you about the – I mentioned the Dickens, but I didn't tell you what the Dickens is. Dickens is the best sandwich you could possibly make. It's the best way to use your Thanksgiving leftovers. So you take a – you take a, a, a patty of – you create a patty of – dressing, right? And you put it on, you put it on a, a, you flatten it out and you fry this little patty of dressing. And then you take um, your potato roll. Uh, If you've got potato rolls, it's a good way to do it. And you spread a little cranberry sauce on the potato roll. You put the dressing patty on top and then you put the leftover turkey. uh, And then you could put a little green bean casserole on there if you want. Uh, And then you put some spicy brown mustard and some Havarti cheese on top of it. That is a Dickens sandwich. And it is absolutely chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Absolutely delicious. Um, all right. So, <laughs> my, this show's totally gone off the rails and I don't even care. I just just don't even. Now I'm just all I'm thinking about what should, what else should we be trying this year for? What is the most unusual? What is the most unusual thing that your family eats on the holidays, Christmas or Thanksgiving? What is the most unusual thing that you eat at the holidays that is a tradition for you but other people would think are weird? I, I want to know. I, I just I want to know. What is it for us? Um, uh, yeah, we're, we're pretty tra- we're pretty traditional. Um, I guess the, the the ham and the thing and the I can't think of anything that just really stands out that uh, that my family was like, oh, we got to do it every year. For a lot of years, we did Chinese food for th- for New Year's. Um, uh, this last couple of years, we've been doing uh, we've been doing other things, but. Uh, yeah, I can't think of anything that – but is there something that your family does that is, you know, that other people consider weird and bizarre for your for your holiday meals? I got to know. Uh, press the Dickens in a waffle iron. Yes, you could do that. In fact, we did that one year where we made waffles out of the uh, – we made waffles out of the leftover stuffing. Um, that is great. Pickled herring. We're Danes that like pickled fish. I like fish and I like pickles. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Uh, you could warm the dressing in the waffle maker. That's we talked about that. Um, <laughs> it's absolutely delicious. Absolutely delicious. Uh, yeah, I would say pickled herring is probably one of the weirder things. But again, I'm not judging. I'm just saying that's what I was looking for. What you know? What is the weird thing that your family loves to eat? Um, on a on a holiday that it has to have, and of course all the different all the different desserts and the cookies and the you know something that I haven't had in a long time that I 
I may I see if I can get my 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 wife and kids to get behind this year are the icebox cookies. My grandmother used to make up and my mom used to make up the icebox freezer cookies. You know where you freeze it into this little loaf and then you slice it and put it in. It's got the little candied cherries in it and the different colors and the dates and the and the nuts and everything like that. Haven't had those in many years. That would be a that would be a good one uh, as well. Pickled beets. Apparently, everybody likes pickled things. Everybody likes pickled things. Pickled fish. Pickled beets. Um, let's make some. Oh my! I just. I got a little queasy there. Let's make some peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches for the celebration of how great our Alaska legislators have managed our state. <laughs> a little little mayonnaise and peanut butter sandwiches. Oh, God, that's, just, that's right there. Oh, man. Oh, liver and onions. That's a great, great lunch right there. Icebox, icebox cookies, says Terry, are too much work. I know they're a lot of work. I remember my mom being like, whew. You know, all the ingredients out on the counters and everything. Um, all right. Well, I guess uh, somebody just said, ooh. I, it's all good. Food is good. Food is good, my friends. All right. Well, we're going to get back on track tomorrow. I promise we'll get back on track because we'll have Brad Keithley and Chris Story with us. They'll help keep me in line. And then on Wednesday, Joe Geldhoff. And Donna Arduin will be joining us, uh, followed by Nick Beggage. And so we'll get back to more politics, I promise. We'll get back more politics tomorrow. I just needed a little bit of a break today. That This was the perfect break for me to talk a little bit about the food. It really got me psyched up for all this good stuff. Peanut butter and bacon sandwiches? I'll try it. That sounds delicious. All right, my friends, we got to go. The Michael Duke Show continues tomorrow. Be kind, love one another, live well. We'll see you then. Have a great day. You're going to have a great day. I'm telling you right now, your day today is going to be awesome. We'll see you then. See you tomorrow. Peanut butter and bacon, that actually sounds good. I mean, that's the salty, the mm, yum. I'd try that. I would try that. But yeah, I love me some liver and onions too. Liver, we gotta have liver, onions, and bacon. That's what you gotta have: liver, onions, and bacon. I like that too. Delicious, absolutely. It's a short week. Praise the Lord. Pass the ammunition. It's gonna be good. Appreciate you guys coming in and joining us. Uh, we will see you uh, tomorrow, right here. It is the Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Think about what is your weird food. Send me a message. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a great day.
shed our terrestrial radio skin. And now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs> 